Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hi, and welcome to this week's Tube to Table podcast, episode 10, Safety Parameters, how to work together with your medical team in order to kind of create some boundaries to help keep your child safe during the process. I'm Jenny, and I'm joined by Heidi, as always. Heidi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. Was your weekend a good one? It was. It was. It was um, a restful weekend. I was working with some kids, so I wasn't completely off, but um, they're doing well, so that's good to good to see and good to hear, and that makes it a good weekend. It does. It does, for sure. Yeah, it was, we had some nice weather where I am, and so it was really nice. It feels like summer's beginning, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what we're going to talk about today is kind of what we do at Thrive by Spectrum Pediatrics in preparation for a wean is we always include, as we've talked about in other episodes, a collaboration with the child's existing medical team to make sure that there's a discussion um, that is tailored to each child to keep them safe. And so the doctors, uh, after we've kind of educated or worked with the doctors and provided them with some information that they may not have about how children learn to eat, we then can kind of get their feedback and the essential information we need about what parameters does every child need to stay in to keep them safe. And so we thought it might be helpful for those of you that are contemplating weaning on your own or with your medical team at home um, to just know what are some of the things we work together with that we need to have in place before we at Thrive um, wean kids. And so, um, Heidi, do you want to talk a little bit about what that dialogue with the doctor looks like and the kind of categories that we dive mm-hmm. into? Absolutely. We actually start back in the evaluation process. And one of the parameters that we have in place is that an agreement from the team that the child actually is safe to start this process. So for um, all kids, that's that includes some medical readiness, um, often respiratory rate, cardiac status. Some of those things are actually being considered um, before we even begin this process. Um, and then the next categories that we look at once we've established that they're ready to begin this process. Uh, and, and we help the families talk through that. Sometimes the doctors think they're not ready and we see some signs of readiness. So we go through that until we're um, in agreement with that. And then the treatment parameters include um, weight, hydration, general stress level, and wellness are four general categories, I think. Wouldn't you say, Jenny? I would. And and I think it's good that you mentioned the weight one first because I think it's, the, it's a real triggering one for a lot of people. It's one that kind of gets everybody worried, um, uh, both from, you know, family standpoint and from a medical team standpoint, um, that weight tends to be the biggest concern because obviously if we're helping kids get hungry in order to understand their bodies better and in order to understand um, food and relate to it in a different way and begin eating orally, there's going to usually, uh, not always, usually be some degree of weight loss. And so we just want to make sure in our process and, and encourage people at home also that the weight loss be considered um, 
and that it not be extreme and that the, the, the parameters for each child be established with the medical team. And then just a quick note about weight and growth. We're going to do an entire episode later this summer on weight and growth and hopefully have a dietitian or an MD join us. We're talking to a couple of people that um, hopefully will join us to talk to us a little bit and put things in perspective. So when we talk to a doctor about weight, um, what we usually ask for is like, how much weight can this child lose in the acute kind of intense phase of treatment? And what we mean by that is when you're really kind of cutting the calories or the tube delivered nutrition the most over for us, that, that period is, um, you know, generally 10 days to two weeks, what weight loss can be tolerated in that period of time. And it's different for every child. Um, but it's the max that we ever would allow. And only if the doctor was comfortable with it would be 10% weight loss. And um, we get numbers from doctors anywhere from, you know, generally doctors are okay with 5% if kids are really truly medically stable all the way up to 10%. And one of the things that we encourage doctors to consider is how much weight would a child lose if they had a cold and they weren't eating, or if they were teething and they weren't eating, if they had an ear infection and stopped taking as much in by mouth, how, where would we start being worried at what point? Because that's probably the same parameter for weaning in most doctors' opinions. Would that, does that sound accurate, Heidi? I think it does. I think it does. Most doctors, when they really sit down and look at it, can come up with, um, you know, because they understand or when they understand the benefits that kids have from being off the tube and realizing it's a trade-off, you know, that they are getting some benefit from it from being off the tube. Generally, five to six percent is on the lower end. Most most kids that we work with can are found to be able to tolerate eight to ten percent is a pretty comfortable place where a lot of doctors would would sit. Yeah, and one of the things uh, you got people's you know jaws might drop to hear that, but but it is a short term weight loss, and so um, there are studies that suggest that kids gain weight at the same rate after the initial period of follow-up um, when hunger is used as a motivating factor or the context for learning to eat. And so it's not based on, you know, this endless weight loss that's going to continue forever. It's really a short-term weight loss followed by a plateau in weight and then followed by slow gain and regular gain. And, you know, one of the other things to keep in mind is nobody wants to see a child lose weight and, um, pointlessly. No, nobody does. We don't either. (laughs) We don't want you to encourage your child to lose weight or stay at a place where um, weight loss is happening for too long or at too high of a rate. But like Heidi said, we have to put it in the context of other health factors. And often weight, as we've discussed in other episodes, is considered by itself as the only factor. This child can't lose weight. But once we lay out the discussion, like, okay, weight loss may, might be needed after we've said, here are the five risks for this child of staying on the tube and not transitioning to oral eating. Things that we've all talked about here before, things like, you know, dental health, things like infection, reflux, um, you know, the social and emotional effects. And then of, of being having a tube-fed child, both for the child and for the family, the economic impact and all those stressors, all of the impact that those stressors have on health. Once we lay that out, weight can be put in its proper place and considered appropriately. And that's when we start having dialogues that are important and helpful and productive with medical teams. Once we are able to say, okay, here's everything that we're considering. Now, what do you think about weight? And most of the time, 
doctors know what's safe for that child mm-hmm. if the groundwork is done. And then the next major category after weight is hydration, which is, of course, very important um, to our health. And so we ask doctors for parameters, how much can each child tolerate in terms of uh, being hydrated or less hydrated? And how will we know? So Heidi, can you explain a couple of the ways that we know a child is hydrated and some of the things that doctors ask us to look for during weaning? Yeah, we start with a discussion with the doctor and frame it like you said previously, what if they were teething? What if they were sick? What if they were doing, you know, had an ear infection and they were taking in less? What are the parameters that you would give families? And it often is a number of wet diapers, um, skin turgor, mucous membranes, tears, general wellness um, in terms of looking dry and trying to avoid those generally. We don't want to dance that line. We're actually looking for parameters like the wet diapers are, and even constipation can be one um, where um, we want to make sure that we're well within the limits hydration wise. Yeah. And I think um, the big ones often are pee and poop. And then Mm -hmm. like, you know, is the child able to poop effectively, you know, enough? Are they able to not be super constipated with kind of appropriate strategies to keep them not constipated? And then most importantly is, are they making enough urine output? And is the urine of good enough quality? Some doctors have us look for odor. Some doctors have us look for color. Some just have us look at quantity or the weight of a diaper, the quantity of urine that's coming out for kids that are potty trained. Um, And so those are common areas to talk to your doctor about and say, how will we know? We need to know that this child, our child is well hydrated, well enough to stay healthy during this process. Tell us what to look for. Mm-hmm. And then um, I know, Heidi, there's a few other parameters that you mentioned. One is stress. And we're going to do an entire episode on stress and the, the, the stressfulness of this whole process. I mean, eating is loaded, feeding kids is loaded. You know, we all have our own stuff wrapped up in food and as wonderful as it is. And Heidi and I both love to eat and talk about it a lot and, and, and dine together with family and friends. Feeding kids is wrought with tons of stress. And then when you add a tube and this whole process on top of it, it is also. So we have a discussion with families about how they can keep themselves well from a stress standpoint during the weaning process. And one of the things we do is we just ask parents what their support system is, what their coping skills are, what they do to deal with other stressful situations. Some families are seeking mental health help and have support from, um, you know, a religious organization or from their mental health professional. And so we just ask them to consider before the wean what would they do if their stress got peaked during the wean? Because it often does. And we want to make sure that there's a plan in place so that everybody is staying well. Therapists, child, <laughs> and families, everybody needs to be at their best, um, you know, in terms of coping with what is a hard process. And I just said to Heidi this morning in another conversation, you know, anybody that's fed a, a newborn ever or been around a newborn that's learning to eat, it's tough. I mean, I don't know very many people that were like, no, it was a breeze. I don't actually know anyone that said Mm -hmm. it was a breeze. And I'm not talking about two fed kids. I'm talking about every kid. (laughs) It's hard when you learn how to eat. It's and and it's hard on parents because it's so intricately tied in to who 
who we are and how we protect our kids. Well, and stress is sneaky and pops up when you least expect it and it's catching. You can catch it from other people. You think you're fine and then somebody else starts worrying and now you're worrying and you weren't before. Uh, and it's it builds over time. It's sneaky in that you can catch it from other things. You're worried about an aging parent and that stress jumps over to the way you're feeding your child. It's just such a sneaky uh, problem to deal with at this point. So we not only do we talk about it in the beginning, and make sure that we have talked through some strategies and a plan in place, but we have to repeatedly talk about, and it's a hard topic to bring up because you don't want to stress people further, but if you need to be able to call it out and say, remember those strategies that we talked about? How's that um, going? How's that going? And we've actually got uh, some questions that we ask families or some things that we think about that we can put in the show notes that may help you think some of your stress um, and, and look at the different ways you respond to stress to maybe help you come up with some things that are um, managing for that. And, and we and like think- said, we'll do another, sorry, Jenny, we'll do another pot, a whole episode on that. We will. And, and one of the things that's helpful if you're doing it at home and it feels like a safe thing and you've talked to your medical team about it is asking the people that are involved in taking care of you as a parent, like your partner, helping each other, what are some questions you can ask each other to check in and make sure everybody's doing okay? Um, those are really important um, conversations to have. So, so we encourage people to think about that ahead of time. And it might seem like uh, overkill w- talking about it if you haven't tried to wean your child. Most people that have tried to wean their child know what we're talking about. It's tough. And why? It's, it's because protecting our children is, is part of who we are. It's, it's hardwired in us as parents. And feeding is a gigantic part of that whole structure, how we keep our kids safe. And although everybody that's listening to this podcast presumably (laughs) wants their kid to be an eater, when you have a tube and that tube has helped save their lives or keep them healthy for a really long time and we start taking it away, it can bring up a whole bunch of stuff that you might not have seen coming. And so that's why we're talking about stress. Plus, Like a newborn, when you reduce tube-delivered nutrition, your schedule kind of gets out of whack and most people keep themselves well by sticking to a routine or having healthy habits. And if all of a sudden your child is hungry, again, after an hour and a half, whereas before they were never hungry, it can really throw your equilibrium off as a family (laughs) in terms of the routine structure. So those aren't reasons to not do it. Those are things to consider ahead of time so that you make sure that your plan for weaning involves wellness for the whole family. And Jenny, just one more comment on the stress piece and why it's in the safety parameters and not just a fluffy piece around the edges is that we know from being in the room with families, from being on the phone with families, from doing these kinds of things ourselves, that your level of stress directly impacts the kid's ability to self-regulate their own emotional needs to self-regulate their intake. And that's why we're going to dedicate a whole episode on stress in the future, but because it is a safety parameter for the child's ability to wean, being able to take care of yourself and control your stress. It is. And your, your wellness is valuable in its own right as it is related um, to your child. But it's like that great example from the airplane. You have to put on your oxygen mask before you can help anyone else. If you're not okay, nobody's going to be okay. And so you can't help your child navigate through this. So that's why we really encourage parents to talk to, um, to talk about and think about with their medical teams or with their support systems in their community about 
how they can stay okay during what is an unnaturally um, challenging time, though also a very joyful one and a really important one. So, Jenny, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say there's there's always a few individual things that come up in these discussions that people might consider when they bring up to their doctor. Just blood sugar for some kids. That blood sugar is a funny mm-hmm. um, special related to their diagnosis. Some kids have uh, cardiac concerns specific to um, fluid levels. So there might some be a heart rate things. precaution or a parameter mm-hmm. for heart rate or a specific nutrient that a child needs because of a cardiac medication or a certain medication. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of other individual ones that we aren't going to be able to answer for you and that you're probably not going to be able to answer on your own. Which is another reason to involve your medical team in Mm -hmm. this process. And And it's worth the effort. It is. If they don't feel like they're on board now, it doesn't mean they're not going to be. That's why we're trying to share all this information with you so that you can help build consensus um, and remember that it isn't often your medical team's fault that they don't know how to guide you. Um, it's not their specialty, and it, most people, most doctors don't have this expertise. So sharing this information, helping them keep it in perspective, um, like all of the wellness, will help them come to the table with you and, and have a real conversation about this very thing, the safety mm-hmm. parameters you need to keep your kid healthy during tube weaning. And that's really it. Uh, in terms of the parameters. So we'll summarize some of this in our show notes and you'll be able to find it um, on our website at thrivewithspectrum.com and check us out on social media if you have any comments or questions about anything that we discussed today or any ideas for future episodes, please let us know. Heidi, I hope you have an awesome week. Thanks, you too, Jenny. All right, we'll be back next week. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week. 